Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Facts versus Rhetoric. Thank you very much for joining us today. We're going to take a quick break from my high-level concept rabbit hole that I tumbled down. I've come back to the surface, and we're going to get back to the basics of what this podcast started with, and that was to cut through the rhetoric and give you some facts. So we're going to get back to talking about a simple issue that you've been lied to and led to believe that it's your political opponent's fault and not your government's fault. Today, we're going to sort through the facts versus rhetoric with the debt ceiling drama. And don't worry, this is such an easy thing to understand, a problem to grasp. And I promise you, after listening to this, you'll be able to participate in any conversation about this stupid topic and ask some really easy questions to get the ones that consume and regurgitate the rhetoric to hopefully, hopefully, God willing, think for themselves. The debt ceiling, debt limit, same thing. What is it? The debt limit is the total amount of money that the United States government is authorized to borrow to meet its existing legal obligations. Okay, so the debt limit does not authorize any new spending commitments or anything like that. It simply allows the government to finance existing legal obligations that Congress and the president have made in the past. Okay, so Congress has always acted when it's called upon to raise the debt limit. They've always done it. Since 1960, Congress has acted 78 separate times to either permanently, temporarily extend, revise, redefine, whatever the fuck, to adjust the debt limit so they could just keep spending money. And the best way to look at this is like a credit card. Okay, we can all wrap our heads around that concept. The U.S. government just got their credit card statement in the mail. Statement balance is somewhere in the neighborhood of $31,787,754,200,999. But that number is increasing by $100,000 every four seconds. Okay, I'll just repeat that. Our national debt is increasing by $100,000 every four seconds. One, two, three, four, $100,000. So we just get our credit card bill on the national debt and the minimum payment due is due in June and it's around, give or take, call it $475 billion, which happens to be slightly more than we have in our bank account. Well, how much do we have in our bank account, you ask? As of the week of May 10th, the U.S. Treasury general account had about $200 billion in it. So here's the problem. We owe $31 plus trillion. The minimum payment on that is ballpark $400 billion, and we have $200 million in the bank. And just to really highlight how insane this is, the GDP, the gross domestic product of our country, of the United States of America, is $23 plus trillion. We have $200 billion in our savings account. Now, I know those are big numbers, and they don't mean anything, and you kind of gloss over when you hear it, but look at it like this. This is equivalent to somebody who makes $239,000 a year only having $200 in the bank. Okay? We broke. We have a bill that is due and we do not have enough money to pay it. So what are our options? And you can play along at home too. This is common sense, basic shit. We all do this on a daily basis. So don't let the pundits scare you with their big words and confusing jargon. We have a bill that is due and not enough money to pay it. What are our options? There's three possibilities, and it can be one or some combination of these three, but there's, there's only three ways to deal with this problem. Number one, you borrow money. 
Number two, you spend less than what you take in. And number three is you declare bankruptcy and default on your debt obligation. That's it. This situation is no different than if you or I would find ourselves in the same situation where we spent more than we made. There's just way more commas in the amount due in this scenario. So let's take a look. Option one, borrow money. And this is what we do every single time we end up here. Every time since 1960, Congress has borrowed more money, 78 different times to pay the minimum amount due on our credit card bill. Always keep in mind, we are only talking about being able to afford the minimum amount due, just the interest payment on our debt. Okay, we're not even sniffing at actually lowering the principal amount that we owe. Under the CARD Act, by law, your credit card company is required to include that minimum payment warning, right, which discloses how long it would take to pay off your current debt if you only pay the minimum each month. And on the U.S.'s credit card statement, it would say something like, if you only make the minimum payment, the debt will be paid off in about 5 billion years. But don't worry, because around that time, the sun will swell far beyond its current size. And as it does so, it will transition into a red giant. During this transformation, the sun will melt our glaciers and eventually boil our oceans. This expanding sun will engulf the earth and any life or debt obligation that remains along with it. Borrowing more money because we couldn't afford our bill has got us to the $31 trillion in debt. It gave us the inflation that's robbing all of us of our purchasing power and is destroying the quality of life for our children and future generations. So hopefully after today's episode, we can look at the borrowing more money option and just think critically. Yes, we've done it 78 times before. And yes, that just kicks the can down the road. It doesn't address the problem. It just merely puts it out of sight temporarily. And yes, a lot of parallels to life in 2023. Treating the symptom, not the cause. Doing what's easy and not what's right. Politicians do the easy thing. Borrowing your money to fix a problem they created by spending too much of your money. I mean, come on guys, we have to be better than this. This is why this keeps happening. For the last 63 years, we just lose sight of that simple fact. And we get into this partisan argument over spending cuts on our most needed services to scare everyone into being okay with just borrowing more money. Because Nana will not get her social security check if we cut spending. So here are the reasons why we should borrow more money. Which when you hear that, you should hear here are the reasons why we are going to keep spending your money. Don't worry, we'll send the bill to your kids. Okay, America has never defaulted on its debt. Eh, wrong. We defaulted on our debt obligation when we went off the gold standard in 1971. Back in the day, if you had $35, you could exchange it to the government for an ounce of gold. The Federal Reserve notes were just that. They were a note. They were a claim on gold in exchange because those bills were a lot easier to carry around than gold coins. But President Nixon facing rising inflation and not having enough gold to allow the government just to keep spending money, we defaulted on our debt obligation to give all of those note holders one ounce of gold for every $35 in notes. So yes, we have defaulted on our debt. 
Well, Nuke, the U.S. abandoned the gold standard in 1971 to curb inflation and prevent foreign nations from overburdening the system by redeeming their dollars for gold. I'm sorry, we needed to prevent foreign nations from asking for their money, which we told them, if you take these dollars, we'll give you your gold back at any point. That's the burden. Us keeping our word was the burden. No, we abandoned the gold standard because the government can't print gold. That's why it's called sound money. The only way you can spend more money than you have is to borrow it or print it. You can't do that with gold. So that had to go. So we defaulted. Okay, we defaulted on our debt before we screwed over every fucking foreign nation and foreign central bank that held dollars thinking they were really holding gold. Option one, we need to borrow more money. Well, when you hear that, think credit card debt. Okay, we are not paying off the bill. We're borrowing more money to afford the minimum payment while we keep spending money in the same fashion that got us to this point. Okay, so that we're in a never ending cycle of stupidity, self-inflicted, I might add. Which brings us to the second option. Well, why don't we simply spend less than we make? Holy shit, this novel concept. And this option's never talked about, honestly, because no politician wants to have the confines of a hard budget, and the taxpayers are so terrified of the thought because, you know, we won't be able to fund Social Security or Medicare if we default. No, we won't be able to fund everything we are currently funding at the levels we are currently funding them at. They will always cherry pick the most crucial things to distract you from the trillions of dollars in wasteful spending that could be cut tomorrow and no one would be the wiser. Yes, Social Security is a big bill. 1.2 trillion. Medicare and Medicaid, 1.5 trillion. 784 billion on defense spending. And for the first time in the history of our republic, the interest we are paying on the national debt will surpass our defense spending. And oddly enough, everyone understands option two, spend less than you make. Like most everyone cannot spend their lives spending more money than they make. Yet it's the least talked about because it's a hard sell to tell people no. Politicians make a career for themselves promising free shit to people. All right, there's nothing more permanent than a temporary government program. You can't take something back or give someone less than what they're accustomed to. That is political suicide. So the politicians and the news and everyone else will gaslight you into conflating spending less to cutting necessary services. What heartless white supremacist would want to cut Nana's social security check? But step back, be an adult, and acknowledge the following realities. Federal spending is out of control. Tax revenue is more than $4 trillion. Federal spending is more than $6 trillion, leaving us a $2 trillion deficit every year. We're over $31 trillion in national debt. That breaks down to $94,945 per citizen, which then equals $248,000 per taxpayer. The U.S. federal debt to GDP ratio was 58% in 2000. We're at 120% in 2022. So our debt is 120% of our fucking gross domestic product. Medicare and Social Security are severely underfunded to the tune of 34 trillion and 22 trillion respectively in long-term unfunded liabilities. 
the United States unfunded liabilities are $187 trillion. <laughs> that works out to $560,000 of liability per citizen. <laughs> and hey, listen, the Americans, we're not doing that much better. The citizens, we have $1.7 trillion in student loans, $1.2 trillion in credit card debt. Keep in mind, this out-of-control spending hasn't solved any social problems. Look around. We got 40 fucking million people living in poverty. We got almost 42 million receiving food stamps, 27 million without health insurance, about half a million bankruptcies, and over 105,000 foreclosures. So what are we getting? The wasteful spending will continue as long as the lawmakers have no direct repercussions for voting on pork and misspending taxpayers' money. The beatings will continue until morale improves. So saying we should just cut government spending doesn't mean cut Nana off. It means, hey, can we look at our bank statement like responsible adults and make some cuts? Again, we've highlighted some of the low-hanging fruit here before. But the IRS sent $3.6 billion in stimulus checks to 2.2 million dead people because the IRS didn't check with the Social Security office and, you know, who died before they sent the money out. We sent $3.6 billion in Paycheck Protection Program, you know, that PPP loans. We paid out 57,000 people that were on the do not pay list. Gave them $3.6 billion. Because the Small Business Association sent out the checks without checking with the Treasury about, hey, who's on the naughty list? $9 billion in COVID aid to bail out all the colleges in California. There was 65,000 fake students enrolled in a California junior college system. The hackers enrolled fake students and got $5,000 per student in federal aid. The average federal employee gets 44 paid days off a year. That's cost us $24 billion. 44 paid days off. How, how, many, how many paid vacation sick personal time do you get? I'm sure we can find ways to spend within our means. But if we turn Congress back into a public service, you know, rather than a career, how will the politicians become millionaires? After all, 51% of Congress are millionaires. We need to cut government spending regardless, but that is option two. Okay. Lastly, option three, declare bankruptcy and default on our debt obligation. Ooh, the nuclear option. Will McCarthy do it? Will he push Biden to the brink? I mean, it's the most honest option on the table, so therefore, you know that will never happen. We are never going to be able to pay back $31 trillion. Never. Like, this is all theater, and that's how you have to look at it. Everyone is just hoping and praying they can keep kicking the can down the road until they die before the music stops and everyone's there just holding a piece of paper saying, hey, Uncle Sam owes some money. It's like that scene in Dumb and Dumber when the guy gets the briefcase of IOUs instead of actual money. What is this? What is this? Where's all the money? That's as good as money, sir. Those are IOUs. Go ahead and add it up. Every cent's accounted for. Look. See this? That's a car. 275000 Might want to hang on to that one. Yeah, might want to hang on to that one. When they are discussing default, they are talking about sections of the government shutting down, not people holding U.S. Treasuries not getting paid back. Again, here's where all the gaslighting comes in. Government needs money to operate. Yes, if they cannot borrow more money and they cannot cut enough spending, 
then they'll be forced to prioritize their debt obligation. So that's when you see national parks may close, the government office buildings may close. It's just bullshit posturing to scare you into giving them more money. The honest default will never happen because of one simple reality. If we default on our debt, the game is over. The, the US dollar is over, the matrix is revealed. No longer can the few suck all of the wealth and the resources out of the many. The few need the illusion of this ass-backward system to keep all the worker bees working. The rent-seeking elites only have what they steal from us. The ones who produce goods and services into the economy, the ones that do the fucking work. Every citizen should be advocating for default. It's what you would do if you borrowed in over your head. You declare bankruptcy, you take the ego hit, you wipe the slate clean, and you fucking try again. Shit, 421,000 people in this country have done it. Because if you really want to help people, you've removed the financial burden obstacles from their life. And honestly, people, again, think of this. Where does the money go? $4.5 trillion in collected tax money. Where does that go? Doesn't go to fix your roads. Doesn't fund your schools. Doesn't fund first responders. I mean, it did fund Ukraine to the tune of $115 billion. It did fund an amazing COVID response to the tune of $4.6 trillion. Wow, what did we get for our $4.6 trillion? We got vaccines that waned or didn't even work. I mean, depends how de delusional you are. We incentivized hospitals to code everything COVID, so we helped drive the fear. We incentivized doctors to push the experimental shot on their patients. We incentivized them to put money over their Hippocratic Oath. Fun fact, there's a good chance that your doctor get paid if you took the shot. So now does it make a little bit more sense on why informed consent was just suddenly skipped? All I have to do is say what everyone else is saying and I'm going to get paid extra? Well, where's the risk in that? There's a leaked document from Anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield in the description where it lays out the incentive structure. I highly suggest you read it. Don't take my word for it. But read in their own words how they incentivize people to fucking vaccinate people six months and up. How they get paid money to look their other way. How they bought the doctor's integrity. So read that for yourself. In conclusion, let's not get swept up in this political theater. This is not a game of chicken between the Republicans and the Democrats. They don't hate each other. They all go out to drink at the same bar after work and laugh at how dumb we are for believing this shit. If you don't care about your money, your tax dollar money, the people who spend it on your behalf won't care how, how much, or what they spend it on. Oh, might as well give it to my friends. They keep getting richer and more virtuous with their spending of your fucking money, and we just keep getting poorer. All while blaming our neighbor, our political opponent, blaming Trump, fucking Russia, the white supremacy movement, the transphobia movement, the unvaccinated for our suffering. Ignore the noise because, spoiler alert, they will raise the debt ceiling at the last minute. They will make it look like they're working hard for you, fighting for you, when in reality they are fighting for their career. Their career to make money at you and your child's expense.